Hello and welcome to Is Main as a Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with my little shrimp boat, Josh Hemo. That's really sweet. Yeah, I was trying to be nice to you. I, I think I'm still in a good mood from the last week's episode where, like, you know, we had all our wonderful friends with us. So if you haven't heard that, I don't know how you're on this one, but go back and listen to that one. Exactly. It's a really good episode. Yeah, one of the best SpongeBob episodes in existence. But this week, we're watching season two, episode 16, Graveyard Shift. And crusty love. Act one, graveyard shift. In this act, someone comes at closing time and Mr. Krabs decides to use it as an excuse to make the crusty crab 24 hours. So you're gonna op- open all the time, and Squidward and SpongeBob are just kind of stuck there. And Squidward decides, I'm gonna tell a scary story to pass the time. Sure enough, he tells the story about the hash slinging slasher. And things get a little bit spooky. So to open things up, Josh, I want to ask you, do you think a 24-hour restaurant is even worth it in Bikini Bottom? I think it really depends on what's available, you know? Mm. I Living in Tucson for most of my life, I was so angry most of the time when, like, once you're, like, in high school and you can actually stay out later, everything closes at, like, 8 or 9. Yeah. So if they don't have any kind of restaurants like that in Bikini Bottom, I can see that being, like, a good, profitable thing for them. I don't know. My dad has advice and he says nothing good happens after midnight, which like I feel is more applicable as a as a younger child. Like if you're out at like midnight in high school, it's like, what are you getting up? What are you doing? You know, as an adult, it's more like I'm an adult. I can do whatever the hell I want. But I don't know. Do you think Bikini Bottom needs that for its residents? I guess so. I guess to unwind after nine (laughs) o'clock. It just becomes a bar. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bikini bottom bottom bar. Bikini bottom bottom bar. That's their gay bar. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that brings up a good question that I have for you is um, because in this episode when there are a couple of people who are in there pretty late, like eating a burger or whatever, mm-hmm. and they just are sitting there watching Spongebob scream at the top of his lungs at this horror story, right? Yeah. Have you ever been at a fast food joint like late at night and seen some like wild crap happening. Nothing super wild, but it's like usually the typical stuff where someone's like way too loud or way too intoxicated or like even here in New York, sometimes like I'll go to McDonald's like really late cause I get off work super late and there's just like people yelling at each other in the street. Um, but no, nothing like so crazy where I'm like been super concerned. It's not like the Waffle House vine where the yeah, ladies getting bashed into the I counter. Please get a waffle. <laughs> can I please get a waffle? What about you? Have you seen? I have. Like yeah, one time I was in a. You know, remember that McDonald's that's like right by the U of A, like by the Wells Fargo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was there pretty late at night. I don't know. It was probably like one or two, and this group, this car pulls in like pretty quickly and stops like in the middle of the parking lot, um, and. Out runs this girl and this guy. The guy runs behind a tree to go pee. Girl, I kid you not, drops her panties like in the middle of the parking lot and just takes this giant piss and like does not care. I was like, what is happening? Like people are making eye contact with her and she does not give a at all. Do you think it's just because she was like intoxicated? Or I think do you she was, think it was like she just had to go that bad? I think she was real drunk. She was real drunk. That, that poor woman. I hope, I hope she's doing well now. <laughs> it's just weird to see like this 
sort of adult lady <laughs> jump out of a car and just piss in the middle of a McDonald's parking lot. I'm like, this is wild. I'm telling you, nothing good happens after <laughs> after midnight. <laughs> but no, I do think Bikini Bottom like deserves a spot that's like open at least two, like till midnight. I like um, the places like open till like two a.m. I think that's a yeah. fair thing, right? If it's past that, then you should just go home and make food for yourself. Yeah. Or like if you don't have the meat, I don't know. It's like weird because. I think we just think so much about the stereotypical like nine to five or like even us like getting done like with theater at like 10 or 11 is pretty common or like if you're going past that, you're either in an industry that is ignoring its rules or you're, you know, really bad at your job, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Or something very specific, you know, I feel like another other industries, maybe you are up at that time, but I still feel like you have time to get food before or after your shift or even in the middle of it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Pizza places always open really late. So I, I think it would make more sense if the Krusty Krab did like only deliveries at night. But now like it was, I, I think it was really messed up, especially with Mr. Krabs being like, no, I have a life. I don't know what Squidward was going to do with that clarinet, but it looked like he was going to enjoy himself. He's going to do something. I don't know. Hopefully something PG. But that was jeez. Um, but that's like a good he's gonna blow himself. Yikes. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> um, but that brings up like a good little lesson there is to have a life outside of work. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of times that you know, it doesn't matter what you do, you can be have those hobbies. Yeah, have a hobby. Have a hobby, have friends, just have something that isn't just what you do for work because it kind of makes you a really two dimensional person, you know. Yeah. There's Even like though a, we're living in a 3D world. Wow. <laughs> you you become a doodle bob. You become the doodle bob. You become this angry version of yourself. You don't have other stuff other than work. And also it can lead to workplace accidents. That's what part of the Hashley and Slasher. He chopped up his own hand. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> I think it's funny what in that scene what SpongeBob thinks like something bad happened. And he's like, he forgot the secret sauce. He's like, he didn't wash his hands. And then he's like, oh, irregular portions. <laughs> and another thing that struck me as odd was Squidward was just like, oh, when he was cutting the patties. And you don't cut patties. No. Mm-mm. So that might be like a little secret on what maybe maybe there's some weird thing on the way they make the patties. But they would make it into a big old cylinder and like and slice it. cut it up. Dice them like Ooh, a tomato. Breaking down what the secret formula actually is. And they did say secret sauce. It did, yeah. Because we were talking about that, you know, last week, where it's like, what is the Krabby Patty secret formula? Is it a powder? Is it, you know, so maybe like some it is a secret sauce? sauce? I don't remember in the episode. I, mean, I guess it's probably coming up next season where they actually do the training video. Yeah. If they mention secret sauce, I don't remember that being a thing. No, he's just like, and the secret formula is, it is and yeah. then it ends on that. What do you think of the three signs? And I was a little bit confused about the three signs because I like wrote it down where it's like. Flickering lights, the phone ring phone with call. nobody answering, and then is the third sign the green ooze or him arriving on the bus? I think it's him arriving on the bus because he's like, oh, the ooze happens all the time, right? Yeah. Which is the thing. Why is the restaurant oozing all the time? Like, what is it about the crusty crab that's so nasty? It's, it's always the secret sauce. Secret sauce. Maybe that's what the ooze is—the secret sauce. <laughs> Maybe they did mention it in the episode with the word "secret sauce." It's true. <laughs> another thread going on my uh investigation board <laughs> with all the other the threads sauce. what is this um we actually see squidward grow hair in this episode he gets so scared <laughs> yeah. that he grows hair 
Maybe that's a secret. He grows it out his head, right? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, then uh, SpongeBob grows it out his eyelashes. Yeah. Maybe that's a secret to hair loss is that you just can be scared. All the time. Yeah. You, instead of any real gain, it's just straight fear. Fear. <laughs> it would make sense because, you know, we as humans evolved to survive. And maybe that's what all people aren't scared. That's why the, sometimes they seem like so much scarier than like, like Bruce people. Willis is such a bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's and the rock and the oh, oh wow so, there's so, oh. too many bald people, <laughs> the mountains bald, and he's scary as hell. Mm. Oh, explore um, that later. <laughs> um, I know you wanted to bring up the hash slinging slasher, aka the person who wanted a job. Their nose that it glows. Yeah, I don't understand why in the dark that their nostrils glow. It doesn't make sense to me. Maybe they're just like really alternative and they have like some type of body mod like kind of like you know how like people have their this, fancy cars with underglow led in my nose you want to check it out yeah <laughs> yeah it's like the underglow for your car <laughs> but like underglow for your big your old nostrils nose, that big nose energy. i guess if you want to like accentuate your large nostrils that'd be a good way to do it yeah gotta get that party going get that party going <laughs> hey look it's omar with his big nose and his red his red nose <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I do enjoy how good of a storyteller Squidward becomes. In this I also episode. wrote that. I was yeah. like, he is, he nails it. Yeah. And I think that's a good lesson. Like to be a good storyteller is like, you need to be engaging and like be involved in it. Cause he, he goes full out. He like gets involved. He's become scary. He even does like hand movements and even sneaks up on SpongeBob. And also, I think that's, that's a great name. The hash slinging slasher. I know they it's make wonderful. fun of it, but <laughs> it's a, uh, it's on the, like off the cuff. It's a really great name. I think Squidward killed that. Do you think he, he's had that for a while, though? No, I think that was all improv right off the yeah. dome, you know? He was really bored. And I like how in the middle of it, he's like, oh, can I have some ketchup? He's like, oh, yeah, here you oh, go. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> Does not miss a beat. But knows exactly where he's Squidward at. really is that creative genius. He just needs to be motivated in the right way. <laughs> yeah, it is like, I don't know, Squidward gets in his own way, but there is a nugget of of culture within him that we've seen time and time again, but just a couple times, I wish it was more accessible to him. Yeah. Same. But when it's inspired, it's, it's good. Um, so I have a question for you. Yes. How hard do you relate to Patrick eating that hamburger at 3 AM? Oh, well I started doing this thing where if I'm eating past a certain time and mm. it's fast food, then I am not in a good headspace. <laughs> yeah. Um, if it's not like, forced on me by work like if i get off at like midnight by the time i come home like oh, i just need to eat something and then i'll stop by like you know some 24 hour like some bodega or even like mcdonald's or taco bell or whatever that's nearby then i'm like okay i'm gonna eat this because that's what i need but anytime where i'm like well it's 3 a.m and i'm gonna go get some food because i don't want to cook anything and something something you know like stuff like that and i'm not like wasted <laughs> Yeah. Then I'm I'm not in a good spot because I'm like, oh god, this is depressing <laughs> in so many ways. That's fair. But well, what about I do just crave like, things that like right when you're staying night. up really late at night. And at what point do you be like, no, nah, it's just just go to bed, just go to sleep hungry, it's fine. Yeah. I do that a couple of times too. Sometimes it is it is better to do that. Just be like, I'm gonna go to bed hungry and just eat something at the appropriate time. <laughs> yeah, in the morning. I find a lot of times when I'm up super late, it's just me 
thinking that I can get more done at night, but I'm, it's it's me just ignoring the fact that if I go to bed right now, it's probably the smarter of the move. two moves. Yeah. Um, I do like how Squidward confesses that he hates SpongeBob to him, and then in the next breath says that he loves him. <laughs> yeah, that he liked him. He's like, I, he's like, there's two problems. I hate you, and then he's like, oh, I kind of liked you, and then SpongeBob's confession is like he uses he, his clarinet as to a unclog plunger. the toilet. <laughs> like that's disgusting. It's even more disgusting if you think that Squidward's about to go do something with that clarinet. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> Um, but that left me with a little lesson where it was just like, don't do like, if you're about to die, I wouldn't give a confession like that. I don't know. I feel like just let that person have that nice image of you before they die. Before they go, before they get cut up by the hashling slasher. Yeah. Cause I feel (laughs) weird. I'd feel weird about telling you, like I would tell something like maybe a secret that they've been wanting to know, but like nothing that would like shatter their mind. Yeah. (laughs) You know? I'll make you hate you in that moment, especially in that moment. Like Squidward admitted that he liked him, and so you're immediately going to say something that's going to make him not like you again. Like yeah. that seems silly. To but me. also, like my, your last minutes on Earth, I don't want to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like I don't want that for me. Like I'm about <laughs> to die, and I'm like the, it's like, oh, I did this, and I'm like, oh God, right. what, what the fuck <laughs> is wrong with you? So have you ever heard like any kind of scary stories or urban legends that get stuck in your head and like changes your way you think about like? walking around in the dark or anything like that. Anytime I watch a scary movie, I'm very much like that mm-hmm. because, you know, the movie usually activates your fight or flight response. So the rest of the time you're like, oh, what was that? Ooh. And like, but I've never been, I mean, I grew up in a Mexican household. So La Llorona and like all those like are definitely ingrained in my, in my like soul. Brain. Your subconscious. Yeah. But I don't know. I think a lot of, and this is why I kind of don't believe in ghosts and stuff like that. Is like I think a lot of that fear is just all inside your head. Well, you weren't scared of something before, and all of a sudden you hear about it, and now it's scary. Yeah, it's now like, you I, can't I, go in the dark because of it. Yeah. The perfect example I have is when you're home alone and you're about to turn off like the light in the hallway, but you have to walk down the dark hallway. Like it's something that you would do. Like if you had to pee in the middle of the night, you just get up, turn on the light, and walk. Or like even I know me, like I get up in the dark and just walk to the bathroom and then turn on the light in the bathroom and then pee. Yeah. You know, so it's like You don't pee with the lights off. Uh, sometimes if if <laughs> I if there's enough moonlight and I'm, I got pretty decent aim. You trust so, your aim, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. The secret if you want to n- pee at night is just to be more over the bowl than normal. There you go. Or you could just sit. You kind of you know, you could just sit. Too. That's <laughs> probably even better. But um if you still want to exercise your your ability to stand and pee <laughs> But yeah, but it's like something you do all the time without any problem, right? Yeah. But then the moment you're afraid, it's like, <gasps> someone's going to kill me. Someone's going to kill me right stuck now. In it's your like, head. yes, the person who is not in your house is going to kill you. I can think of like two very specific things that I've, like, I've heard that have scared me. Mm-hmm. After I watched The Ring, I literally, it was like during the day too, I could not get up and like go to the bathroom. I was like too scared. <laughs> I was like, something's going to come out. Like it's going to get me. And like, there's this really, really good series. I think it's really good. And everyone I've showed thought it was really good. But Marble Hornets on uh, YouTube. Ooh. Um, you should watch it sometime. I don't like Make scary. you watch it. it me oh, it's a Slenderman um, kind of like urban legend um, first person camera thing. Mm-hmm. But after watching that, there was a lot of times when like I've been like walking through a park at night or like near some trees. And I'm like, oh, this is really freaking scary. Like Slenderman's going to come out and grab my <laughs> and take me away. <laughs> No, like I think the only like scary movie that 
Well, the first real scary movie that I watched was Saw. And then I got became really paranoid that like someone was watching me in my life and then it was going to abduct me because I didn't appreciate my life. But then after I went to bed and I woke up in the morning, I was like, that's so silly. No one gives a f- <laughs> <laughs> When you wake up at 3 a.m. and eat your cheeseburger, you're like, no one cares about me. I'm no fine. one cares. <laughs> that's why I don't. That's why I'm not really worried about the FBI tracking my phone. I'm like, if you want to know where I'm going, sure. You just give me a call. It doesn't I'll matter. Let you know. They're looking through my webcam. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and I'm not doing anything interesting enough. <laughs> time for the bubble break. You ready? I'm always ready. There's a lot less people this time around. I know. I'm, I'm not as nervous. And it's I'm nighttime. Make a fool of myself. Just, just like the episode, we are also hitting up that night shift. It 100%. is 1 a.m. in New York right now, and we are. We had to watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, we did have to watch Game of Thrones. Uh, but again, different podcast, different time. <laughs> but um, because we are dealing with nighttime, my question for this week's bubble break was, is there an activity that just hits different at night? It just feels different. You can do the same thing, but when you do it at night, it's just so much more fun or just feels, you know, different vibe. Yeah, I feel that. I got a couple. Um, I know when I was back home in Tucson, I would drive her a lot at night just to like for fun and that was pretty good it's very different than driving during the day like i can just do it felt more liberating and more like clear to think i guess yeah and definitely drinking at night feels better i think than drinking during the day well, yeah, and i've day drink before when it's like socially acceptable and i was like i was in new orleans and like just day drinking all day and it was like it just felt like it was wrong and like you're getting sweaty and you're like oh this is kind of gross yeah there is like i don't know because getting drunk at like a brunch is way different feeling than getting drunk at like a club at night and getting drunk at a brunch there's something wrong with my life i've had too many mimosas i'm like this is just sad now (laughs) that's fatima (laughs) always drunk at brunch (laughs) never never hitting the the break at brunch just going (laughs) for it but yeah i don't know like i definitely feel the same about the driving thing yeah driving around at night for me is like so nice and like i my car used to have a sunroof so like i could like drive on like like old back roads and stuff because in Arizona there's tons of those. You can just like look up through the sunroof, you see the stars, and you look around, especially I mean, not so much here in New York, there's no stars that really no look stars. Like yeah. All the light pollution, but out in Arizona you can like you see everything. You see like all the stars and that's always nice to do. Um I also think uh, as funny as it is, something that I always used to do in high school is like going to anywhere with your friends at night. Like when it's like a like I, the, the first thing that comes to like my mind is going to Walmart at night Ooh. at like a, <laughs> an unacceptable hour, like eleven o'clock at night, and you're just like the only people here at Walmart are people who absolutely have to be or teens who have nothing else to do We're in just, their in their hometown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess there's a lot of it is it is kind of weird how it being dark outside like changes perspective on a lot of things because i feel like it can make any situation feel different like seeing a movie during the day feels different than if i walk out and i'm like it's nighttime after i've seen a movie right it feels like i'm not wasting that time i guess i don't know it's weird yeah it does feel like okay like if we go to a movie like at noon and you come out and it's still daylight you feel like oh you have the whole day but then if you go to like a movie at like six or seven and then it's nighttime you're like oh well that's it for my night fun yeah 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 and I don't know like i do think it's interesting how you can like for me especially creatively i feel a lot more in tune at night which 
during the day, like if you sit me down, you're like, okay, Omar, write something. I'd be like, nah, I don't know if I could do that. But if you're like, Omar, it's nighttime. You should be in bed. You should write something. Then like my brain's like, okay, I can probably do something. If you force me to do something at night, I think I'll be more concentrated on it. I definitely feel the same. I mean, I don't like, I guess not a lot of people know, but I, I do kind of like do drawings and stuff. Mm-hmm. But when, most of that time, I've always drawn at night. It just feels better. Like I feel more, yeah, I guess in tune is a good way to put it. Like focus. Maybe it's in, the moon. It's the, <laughs> it's the moon. moon life. <laughs> We're secretly werewolves. But I guess it's just like, it's even like that in a professional sense too, or not professional, I guess uh, like an industry sense though. Like if you think about it, like, when you go to a matinee, I see a lot more people who are just wearing t-shirts and jeans mm-hmm. compared to when they go to like an evening performance of something. And it's much more of like a fancy formal occasion and stuff. Yeah, they're going to put on their decent pants. They put on their, their Sunday pants. clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what about cleaning at night? That seems to be something that SpongeBob enjoyed in this part. Where I... He's like, he's like, clean, or what was it? Swab in the bathroom. Oh, no, he had, no he, had to, he had to clean the ceiling. Clean the ceiling, yeah. <laughs> yeah, SpongeBob cleaning the ceiling at night um, I really related to that because I love cleaning at night, but the problem I have cleaning at night, especially when you live in an apartment complex, is like I can't vacuum at night. Yeah. But like I like cleaning at night because you can, again, I just feel more focused. Like I, I'll do all the dishes. I'll like sit down quietly and like reorganize things. Um, and I don't feel like I'm wasting any time because I'm like, oh, this is time like I've been sleeping. Yeah. Which is probably not good to waste, <laughs> but you know, I could be like, oh well, if I stay up for another two hours, I could clean this entire house with the motivation I'm feeling, compared to like during the day where it's like, well, I could be, you know, going out to eat or hanging out with friends, but here I am cleaning a toilet, you know, like a pleb <laughs> <laughs> with with a clarinet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Crusty love. So we join. SpongeBob and Mr. Krabs at the Krusty Krab, and Kr- Mr. Krabs spots from across the room Mrs. Puff and instantly falls in love. Um, yeah, right. Sparks fly. It's beautiful. Um, not really. He actually makes a big fool of himself trying to talk to her. SpongeBob has to translate to tell that Mrs. Puff that Mr. Krabs wants to take her on a date. Um, so he does and f- realizes that he just spends way too much money. So throughout the episode, he tries to hire. Um, or just ask Spongebob to monitor his money for him while he tries to woo Mrs. Puff and things kind of go crazy. So uh, to start off, Omar, how much money have you spent? What's the most money you've spent on a date? Ooh, I don't know. It's weird. I don't think I've spent... You haven't spent $100,000 on a date? Definitely not (laughs) $100,000. I don't know. I don't feel like I spent like maybe... I guess it's what you count as a date, like, because I've bought, like, tickets to a Broadway show before. Yeah. And, like, I remember I dropped, like, $450. But I was also sitting in a very good Broadway seat, and it was, like, the Broadway revival of Cabaret with, like, Alan Cumming and then Emma Stone. Stone. So it's, like, you're not paying for, like, a normal Broadway show. You're paying for something a little fancier. So, like, I guess that much. But I wouldn't have considered that, like, a date. It was just kind of, like, we were tourists in New York. So you got to watch a show. You gotta make it special. Didn't you do it for uh I thought you did it for your anniversary? Kind Probably, of but I still again like that's not something I would have done at every single anniversary. That's fair. Okay. You know, it's not like yeah. every anniversary I'm like, we're gonna go to a Broadway show. Yeah. So I feel like Imagine. it was more like a New York plus anniversary thing mm. and less of like this is a date. 
I'm gonna like woo you with this. So what's your typical go to like mount that you would spend at a date? I don't know. I try to keep it a reasonable amount, and for me, like a reasonable amount is like one fifty or less. One fifty, yeah, yeah. And like, but that's like a not a normal date. That's not like, hey, we're gonna go out to dinner. Like, I try to keep dinners at like fifty or sixty bucks. Yeah. Um, but no, it's. I can't imagine being like Mr. Krabs and dropping when he was like a hundred dollars. I was like, Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I was like, I was impressed. I was like, damn, that was like, like a fancy like restaurant. York, that's a New York uh, <laughs> thing. But just with all the stuff he was getting, like he had imported music, <laughs> the scuba diver, <laughs> which wasn't even scuba diving. No, it was snorkeling. snorkeling yeah. <laughs> the person's going to die. And like the, the foot, foot massage, rubs, the and limo. Yeah. I don't know. I, I try to keep it pretty, pretty mellow but it's different when i think you're in a longer term relationship than when you're trying like if i was barely dating like just starting i'd probably like average probably like 50 to 60 bucks a date well and that's depending what we're doing i think that's something that's interesting um when you talk to people about dating nowadays with like tinder and bumble it's not like a lot of people want to go to like fancy restaurants or fancy bars and get drinks like a lot of times it's Let's go do this fun activity. Let's go to a museum. Let's they go want meet an experience. A, they want an experience. Yeah. So it's not about spending like hundred thousand dollars on a date, right? It's about like what, how you interact and the like. You said the experience of it all. Yeah, and then like it also like you. There's no point like Mrs. Puff at the very end of the episode kind of says it's like she can't take these extravagant gifts, and I think maybe Mrs. Puff's just not that kind of girl. She's not like, materialistic. Yeah, Mrs. Puff isn't like super into that kind of stuff I, but she's still impressed with the dinner yeah which i think is like there's something to say be said about that i mean it's i think it's not the gesture is nice when you take someone mm-hmm. to a fancy dinner but when you're buying them all these fancy things it probably can be overwhelming right and for me like the best unless you're a gold digger yeah <laughs> for me the best um example of that is when you buy someone flowers so like getting flowers delivered if you've never <laughs> sent flowers to someone super expensive local florists usually they charge you about like 60 bucks for like a bouquet and for it to be delivered online it's a little cheaper but you're still thinking about 30 or 40 bucks but like i can't tell you how many times in my life i've just gone to like a flower shop bought a bouquet and then taken it myself and saved like i remember like i used to drive the safeway all the time and just find a bouquet that was nice because flowers die in like a week anyways and then just showed up with that and again 12 dozen like 12 dozen roses or whatever at Safeway. probably like 20 bucks right yeah, yeah exactly yeah so it's not bad but like again same thing just different costs like costs on a date are just so like frivolous i think it doesn't really matter unless unless you're doing something that should cost a good amount and isn't like a tattoo or something a tattoo. <laughs> a pre, a first date tattoo <laughs> imagine people probably do that kind of crap though 100 <laughs> percent. but but people who probably have a lot of tattoos or just don't give a crap well yeah <laughs> um we get to see what happened to mr puff in this episode finally yeah it was just crazy lamp situation which do you think that he had to be treated with something to be fireproof <laughs> like wouldn't a puffer fish catch fire you think with the heat of a of a Heat lamp, Mr. I don't know. I guess designer. I've never really thought about like the f- re- heat resistance of fish skin. It's <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Yo, can I test the heat resistance <laughs> of your fish, fish skin? skin? <laughs> but probably, right? Yeah. And but the thing is, 
if you're going to take anything from like the the movie is he still alive cuz like oh. in the SpongeBob movie they dry out but they, like a little bit of water <laughs> they're back i think we like to assume that he's dead yeah i would like to assume that he's not I would living hope in that this he's dead hell. he's not screaming <laughs> in a, like a hellscape inside his mind i wonder how he got there though i feel like mrs puff has something to do with it i mean she did she has changed her name and opened a different boating school yeah <laughs> But I don't know. She said she changed her name. Do you think it's just her first name? And then we don't know it because we only refer to her as Mrs. Puff? Oh, maybe. Now I'm like overthinking it because like if he's Mr. Puff and for sure he's dead and we're assuming that because he's dead, it was her fault somehow or she arranged it. Because she also had money too because she's like, let's go Dutch and she pulled out like a lot of cash. She did. And we know that her boating maybe, school was pretty Maybe popular, they were, but... it was like a Bonnie and Clyde kind of situation, right? Maybe they were like gay, like uh, um, bank robbers or something together and they changed their name together was the situation and maybe he got caught up finally in the wrong crowd and yeah, he's the way he did. with the hooks. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we're just slowly peeling away <laughs> all the layers to this onion. Yikes. <laughs> um, speaking of layers... I want to talk about that weird, uh, we're not talking about this, we're talking about this, <laughs> and they like draw like, not a square, oh. not a triangle, but a circle. What do you think that circle was referencing to? You do you think it's innocent, or do you think it's more sexual? I was going to say it's sexual. I think it's like Mrs. Puff's curves. Curves? Yeah. I was thinking it was more uh, literal, her circle, you know what I'm saying? Oh. oh. I don't you know, think do fishes have those? I'm assuming. <laughs> Or is it like birds? Like Do fish birds, have birds just have like a cloaca. <laughs> yeah, it's like the same hole that they pee and like poop out of. Poop out of and everything. I don't, I don't know enough about animals to know that. <laughs> Please write in or comment. Do on fish Instagram. have vaginas? Do fish have yeah or some cloaca situation? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and is it circular? Is the main thing. There you go. Because it's not square yeah. it's or not a triangle. triangle. We're talking about circles. Here. <laughs> But, like, Spongebob's the one that brought that up, which I think is kind of weird because I'm like, what are you trying to refer to, Spongebob? It was kind of weird, right? So, yeah, he's like, good luck with you-know-who, and then he does a circle. So, I guess he was talking about Mrs. Puff's... Curves. Curves. I could see that. Not her secret box. Not her secret box. (laughs) But I still would like to know if fish have vaginas. Yeah, please let us know. Um, I don't want to know that badly, so don't go into too much detail, but... I I will be curious to know, and but not curious enough to Google for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Turn on that safe search. Um, SpongeBob's a really good wingman in this episode. Yeah, that's actually one of my lessons: is be a good wingman. Yeah. Um, I think I try to pride myself on being a good wingman to people. Um, but yeah, I think sometimes you got to push them out, push people out into the deep end, or sometimes you got to help, you know, facilitate it. SpongeBob was very much like, I need to translate for Mister Krabs. Although Mrs. Puff's very forgiving, because you said a lot of things like "I'm gonna hit you with you a rake. rake," yeah. Like, oh, I guess your weight, <laughs> and she's like, "How dare you!" <laughs> but uh, and Mr. Krebs is like mad nasty. Like when they do that close up on him, he's like really freaking gross. His flies down and everything. So yeah. like SpongeBob had to talk up a lot to make Mr. Krabs appealing. I think. But yeah, she was. I think that's another lesson you can learn. Like, I think you should be open to someone that you wouldn't date all the time. I mean, don't ignore the warning signs. Like, personal hygiene is pretty uh, apparent. Like, I wouldn't have given Mr. Krabs a chance. But, like, sometimes, you know, someone shoots their shot. Like, 
let them let them be like, hey, you can at least go on a date. Yeah, give them a chance, I guess. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, make sure that date's in public and they <laughs> so, don't know where you live and like follow all the safe, safety things. That's a good little lesson in itself is like, I think with dating nowadays, especially with like online dating, you don't know who you're getting into. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know my roommates like send me pictures of like who she's going on a date with and like his name and everything. She's like, yeah, future mugshots. Yeah. You're taking. Well, basically. <laughs> Like, if I'm dying, no one else is going down. I disappear. (laughs) One small lesson I had was love makes you crazy, but it doesn't equal, love doesn't always equal money and gifts. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I think Mr. Krabs really 100% wants to provide for Mrs. Puff and make sure that she doesn't have to want anything. But that's not really what love is all the time. No. I think it's really about your personality, and I think that's what Mrs. Puff, like, really enjoyed about Mr. Krabs is that he can be charming, I think. You know, he owns he owns his restaurant, like, he has all this success, but I don't think that's what she cares about. I think she cares about that Mr. Krabs is, like, he can be a nice dude, and he was a nice guy to her. He does care. One thing that I did want to bring up is Mr. Krabs never once asked how much things costed before he paid, with one with the bill and then two with, like, SpongeBob bringing him all this stuff. And that's one small lesson that I had was, like, know what something costs before you pay. And you know who's really bad at this? Fatima, who's asleep in the other room, she will walk up to me and she'll be like, "Thrown under the bus." Yeah, she'll be like, "I just don't, I don't understand how people function like this." She doesn't understand how she functions like this either. But I'll be at the grocery store and she'll be like, "Uh, yeah, like, can we grab this?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." You know, some we we alternate paying for groceries. We go Dutch with groceries, you know. And she'll just be like, "Can I get this?" And I'm like, "Mm, "How much is it?" She's like, "I don't know." How do you not know? Look at the price. What if it's like $80 and we don't know? Now, do you think that she says that? <laughs> so that way she can get away with like getting it if she actually knows no, what the if price she, is? Okay, um, I don't know if she's going to listen to this episode. She will, but I think she would have a better chance knowing the price. There you go. <laughs> because in my head, in There's my head, it's for like, you. if you walk up to me, Josh, and you're like, hey, Omar, can you buy me this? And I can't fully understand how expensive it would be. I probably will just assume that it's expensive. Like you come to yeah. me and you're like, "Hey, can you buy me the six pack of beer?" And it's like a weird IPA I've never heard of, and I'm like, "That's gonna be like probably like twenty bucks for that thing." And I'll be like, mm. "But if you come up with me like a Coors Light situation, I'll be like, that can't be that expensive." And then maybe I'll say yes. But if you came up to me with, "Hey, I got this fancy beer and it's only twelve dollars," and I'd be like, "All right, cool." <laughs> you know, you given me know. a number. Yeah, yeah. I guess that makes it more rational. Mm-hmm. But so do you think it's a credit thing that Mr. Krabs has going or do you think he, that he was making Spongebob pay with like cash for all of this I think it's all cash I don't see Mr. Krabs trusting his money with anyone but himself. any of a bank like, right he's definitely yeah. like well I, I know for a fact in another episode that he keeps his money under his mattress, mattress. Yeah, yeah so yeah. <laughs> but I don't I don't think he does any type of credit I don't know how he he probably saved up a lot to afford a hundred thousand dollar dinner Damn. and like all the stuff that he buys her is like fancy ass bed there's like a bell the bell bar with like the anchors like bowling balls dartboard like sinks grant that's like a lot of crap a washer and a, a dryer. washer and dryer <laughs> what do you think that spongebob said to mr krabs when he had that gibberish curse or do you think he was speaking a different language and he was cussing him out you know i think that that has to be it because we know from watching like well, we'll know in a couple episodes, so our listeners, that when they cuss, they bleep it out with 
the dolphin noise you've heard on our podcast fog, before. Yeah, yeah foghorns and other random noises. Noises where they didn't do any of that here. So I'm assuming it must be like a different language or like it was a very like crazy scolding of some sort. I don't know. Do you think SpongeBob was speaking like sponge? Speaking sponge. Speaking sponge. <laughs> I just like it's like have a not a not a Mr. Krabs. <laughs> his jaw was like on the floor and it made Mrs. Puff blush. So like must have been crazy. You know, sometimes that's another lesson. Sometimes the best it's uh, the best offense is using your words. Well, I wrote that sometimes it's like important to like you gotta get upset and confront or like confront the uh the problem sometimes. Like if SpongeBob would just kept being passive and whatever and let Mr. Krabs like treat him the way he was, it would just ended up in this bad situation. So he had to be like yell at him and to get it in order to get it through his head also like that's a weird dynamic is like you especially if you're like an employer with an employee it's like mr krabs has too much power that's like some workplace harassment situation going on and yeah just knowing having those boundaries and being able to uh to you know cuss someone out when you have to it's important so you This week's big lesson, you know, we said in the bubble break, it's nice not having all these, or not nice, but it's weird not having all the people here. And it's kind of weird again, not having all these people here for the big lesson. It's okay. We'll get back into this. We'll, it'll be it. fine. You um, just, you just want to lean on other people's lessons. hundred percent. That's all I do. Cause you surprisingly had, and I'm doing air quotes, just um, the same lesson as someone else. It's true. Lazy it's ass. true. And it's super lazy. Hopefully that didn't happen this week. We'll see. Uh, so, <laughs> so go you, for it. Okay, I'll let you go first. Go so you can't see, plagiarize see. off. After you me. can't see me changing my notes over yeah. here. Yeah, it's like when you're in like a work meeting and they're like, "Oh yeah, I would really like to talk about this." And someone else like, "I agree. Oh, yeah, I also wrote great. down that note." Yeah. <laughs> so my big lesson was to look at stressful situations with clarity and rationality. Oh, nice. That is different than what I have. Good, great. <laughs> um, in the first uh act. I feel like the whole social situation with like someone coming out of a bus and like the whole scary hashling and slasher thing was, um, and like the stressful situation of having to stay at work for like 24 hours, like you're not getting any rest, any of that. Um, they weren't looking at it with any kind of rationality of clearly there's not going to be someone that's like this urban legend coming out of this spooky bus to come kill you. Right. It has to be something rational. What kind of killer takes the bus? Right. Exactly. (laughs) A loser. A loser. Um, and in act two, it was the same thing. Like it's a stressful situation with the whole dating and, um, not wanting to spend money. But I think Mr. Krabs was very not rational or not rational at all throughout this episode. Like, like you said, putting SpongeBob in charge is a weird power play for a boss to be doing Mm -hmm. and like not letting Mrs. Puff speak about what she wants at all. It's like, there's no, it's very misogynistic of him. Yeah. So, yeah. So what, what did you get? Mine was money complicates things. Ooh, okay. Back to Biggie Smalls, my money, more problems. Um, I think definitely in the first act, what triggers this whole situation is just the fact that Mr. Krabs wants more money. It's like literally the mon- the trigger word for Mr. Krabs is boom, money. And then there's people who wanted to eat. But I think after a while, it becomes negligible. And again, that complicated his business and how it runs because now he needs more employees. And also now he needs to have an establishment that can run twenty four seven. Yeah, uh, and we saw it like falling apart. And also, like you were saying, like the the rationality just kind of went out the window. And I'll, I'll attribute that to lack of sleep. When you overwork people, they make mistakes. Yeah, they cut off their hands sometimes. There's a reason that unions have <laughs> they cut off their hands multiple times <laughs> in SpongeBob's case. Yeah. 
Um, and then the same thing with the second half is, you know, not all dating and wooing like has to be money based. And I think Mr. Krabs, the moment he added money to the equation, it kind of threw everything out of whack. I think he'd be farther along with Mrs. Puff if like in the relationship emotionally and maybe sexually. I don't know. Who knows? Um, we'll never know. <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> Remember, please Google <laughs> if uh, fish just have vaginas. vaginas. But uh, no, just like, yeah, he could have just taken her to the park, you know? He could have just true. walked around, gotten, gotten ice cream. Again, it's about that personality, not about fl- or waving that money around. Yeah, exactly. If that's what your relationship is based on, then you're probably in the not a great relationship. Yeah, that's like a, a weird, that's a warning sign. That's a, less, a bonus big lesson, lesson for you yeah. is if your relationship revolves around money, Get out uh, of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, unless it's like a sugar daddy situation. Unless, yeah, unless it's like predetermined, this is what it's going to be. Yeah, some yeah. like fin dom situation. Which, great. Good for you. Like, but. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this week's episode. Thank you. Um, I hope that your fin dom situations go well. <laughs> um, you can send us uh, your <laughs> sugar daddy situations. <laughs> Sorry. I just can't. <laughs> I'm just thinking about all these big things now. Um, you can send us your sugar daddy situations uh, through email at ismaniaspodcast at gmail.com or you can go to our website, ismaniaspodcast.com. Let us know the most expensive date you've been on. Oh, yes. Yeah. If you could wow me with some extravagant date ideas so I don't have to think about them ever again, that'd be wonderful. Yeah. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and be sure to share with your friends and your enemies and maybe your potential sugar daddies. <laughs> Um, and comment on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Make sure to subscribe. And before we go, we just really want to put out there a warning for all of you to really watch out for the sash ringing, the trash thinging, the mash flinging, the flash screen bringing the crash thinging. The yes, Josh, thank you for warning everyone about the hash slinging slasher. Mm-hmm.